Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Man on the Post Weekend Review. My name is Dave, and this week I'm joined by Simon. How's it going? You alright? Oh, never better. And we're also joined by Carl. How are you, Dave? Oh, all yes. Right? I am tremendously well, and may I just say Merry New Year, Merry 2023 to you and anyone who listens to this. And you too, Dave. Ah, how very kind. Uh, Ali is... Um, Playing crazy taxi or being an actual taxi. I don't know what he's doing, but he's not here. But um, as a result, you've got my dulcet tones in the horse chair. Um, but don't worry, um, we've got Aston Villa and Everton fans to take you through this week's action. So a mixed a mixed bag, as always. Um, <laughs> we'll start on Friday night. Um, we're just going to cover the, week, the weekend, so Friday through till... Uh, Sunday's games, uh, and they started with uh, West Ham nil, Brentford two. A surprise result to everyone except probably Ivan Tony. Um, <laughs> mm. This was West Ham's fifth consecutive loss. Um, not a good time to David Moyes. Uh, this obviously wasn't on telly, so I don't expect easy to give me a full breakdown of this. But the goals came from Tony himself and Josh De Silva. Tony was then carried off on a stretcher later on. Um, who wants to have at this? Um, were Brentford good or West Ham bad? What happened here? Um, from what I, from what I've seen, um, West Ham were bad. Can we just, can we just go on to the Tony bit? How the hell's he playing? So he has oh, until he has until the fourth of January to respond to the charges, which is bizarre considering I'm sure the charges were, were laid out some time some time ago now. I think it was before the World Cup squad was announced. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I think you're oh, right. Yeah, yeah, it <clears throat> was. I mean, I know we've had some bank holidays, but giving them a month to, uh, well, more than a month, six weeks probably, but longer to uh, to sort out his, uh, <laughs> like, did, did you bet, did you not? Like, surely there's not much of a charge to answer. Like, it's, <laughs> it's quite an easy one to figure out. Um, just looking at the stats in this game, um, West Ham had 63% of the ball, they had 20 shots, Um Brentford had nine shots and one corner. Um, smash and grab, or is this just how Brentford are? Yeah, I th- as I was going to say then, it's. I think it, that's just the norm of Brentford now. And West Ham have just got nothing up front. That Schumacher is just not good. <laughs> I, I don't rate him at all. Um, that's not Jared Bowen who's playing for West Ham either, because that's a complete imposter. Um he just looks so disjointed, and it's you can tell as well 
that Moise is getting fed up because he does that when he looks into the sky and does the scowl. And I'm like, I've seen that a million times. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they're bang in trouble because they've, they've spent a lot of money and obviously with Moyes teetering, are they just going to hand them more money? No, I don't think so. Um, but fair play to Brentford, they, just, they keep on churning out these results. So, mm. and, But I think if they lose Tony, we could see a nosedive. It's possible, but they've probably got enough points in the, on the board now to um, to give them some some breathing space yeah, there. Room, yeah, I think we mentioned Schumacher for West Ham and also Pagatar. Um I think we said this at the time, but they're both players who have come from leagues that generally take a little bit of time to adapt to English football. We said the same about Kera, um, Kera, how you say it, the the, the, the German defender who's been a disaster, really, every time I've seen him play for West Ham. And they've got Aguirre, Aguirre for the, the Moroccan defender on the bench as well, who I don't think actually played for them yet, but had a very good World Cup. So they spent a small fortune, um, and they don't seem any better for it, um, coupled with, as you say, likes of Bowen being out of form. Uh, so what, what's going to happen next here? Is, is Moyes on the chopping block, or has is he, is he got a bit of time, time in the bank? Um... I think he's, he's getting close. I mean, I, we've sort of said a few times this season already that we, we think he's got enough credit in the bank, but that, that soon gets you know, wiped away quite easily. And it's, what was that? Did you say it's their fifth consecutive defeat in the Premier League? Like, yeah, yeah. That's, if, you, if, you, you know, if you lose five, six games in a row, uh, you find yourself banging trouble. I mean, we're nearly halfway through the season. And it's only goal difference that's keeping them out of the bottom three. And you know, like sort of alluding to what Carl said there, the money they've, they've spent a hell of a lot of money um, on players this season. It's it's not really gone well for them. I I don't really understand it because you sort of on the face of it at the start of the season, when I looked at the business they'd done, you you kind of thought that. They was quite smart business, and I kind of expect for them to to kick on a little bit. But I think I think they've really missed a bonner this season. I think that that might be his first or second game back. Um, so they'll need to get him up to speed pretty quickly. But I mean, if they don't, I don't know what their next sort of run of games looks like in the Premier League. But if he doesn't turn it around soon, I think he could find himself in real danger of losing his job. Well, they have Brentford again in the FA Cup, which is a, a, a difficult draw. Um, probably not one that Moyes wants. They have, you know, another sort of FA Cup early exit on the cards there, which is going to help us cause them. Um, they go to Leeds next uh, in the league, which is... Leeds have turned it around a bit, which will come on to. Um, and then they go to Wolves, um, which is looking like a six-pointer. And after that, they've got another yeah. six-pointer against uh, Everton, Um I'm sure Carl have some thoughts on, um, and then after that, the next league game is is away to Newcastle, which isn't an easy game at the minute. So it's not looking great for uh, for Old Moisey, but um, as you said, uh, we've we've mentioned before that uh, we think that Gould and Sullivan are desperate almost to bring in someone with a bit more, you know, pizzazz or whatever you want to call it, or international reputation, which you know David Moyes done a great job there but he's not got the um the pull of say 
I don't know, Pochettino or Tuchel, who are probably the likes West Ham fans will want, but I don't think either of them would go there. I mean, if, if he was to go, is there anyone you think would, would step in that role? I'd be surprised if, if Pochettino would go there, to be honest. I, I, you know, the, the, all the talk about him when we sat Gerrard and were looking at the picture was that he had no interest in, in going to a team that wasn't in the Champions League. So I'd, I'd be very surprised at that. And I think Tuchel, I think he's far above, too far above West Ham's mm. level that, that he would go there. So, yeah, you kind of think if they, it's one of those, whenever you're looking at possibly changing the manager, who's actually out there, who are you going to replace him with? That's the big question. I've said before on this pod, but I've, I've got a nagging feeling they will go back for Benitez. Um, the story goes that some years ago they had him lined up to take over and then Real Madrid came calling for him, so he swerved at the last minute. Um, and Benitez has always been like a kind of man of his word type guy. Um, and, well, I know, you, I know you're not a fan, but I will come back. <laughs> Um, and I mean, no doubt his reputation has been damaged since that potential appointment but you wouldn't be at all surprised if Moyes got binned and they appointed him on like a six month deal at the end of the season or something like that or I don't know like it just... but, but the, the only thing with that maybe not necessarily from the board point of view but I think the, the nagging feeling um, amongst West Ham fans has been that Moyes is not the most attractive for football and they think that it should be better and especially with some of the players that they've they've signed and the money they've spent, you know, as, as good a job as Rafa Benitez can do, I don't really see him playing the attractive football that that the West Ham fans, you know, seem so desperate to have. So whether that that would that appointment would fly or not, I'm not sure. No, I've got an idea. Hmm. Come on. Let's swap Lampard and Moyes. I mean, I think Lampard is definitely get the better end of that deal. Um, possibly yes. I think I remember Lampard isn't well liked by West Ham. I know he obviously was there for a while, but didn't he leave and rid of a cloud? There was always like that comparison where like Joe Cole was welcome back like a son, whereas Lampard wasn't so much. Um, <laughs> I can't remember the. Did he hand a transfer request? Maybe I can't remember what the Probably. what the what the deal was now, but I'd be surprised if he went back there anyway. No, I, I was only teaching with Ah, well, you never know. You never be, know. <laughs> stranger things have happened. I mean, to be honest, right now, um, you would go and throw money at Margot Silva if I was West Ham. Ooh, I don't know, you know. Him or, or Thomas Frank, if you're going to stay with someone who's, who's doing well in the Premier League. I, I, I mean, you know, my feelings on Margot Silva, I really like him. I think he was give a raw deal at us, but I think, I think Fulham's sort of his way if that makes sense I think if West if he got pushed into a West Ham job he'd be like oh I'm back at everything yeah what do I do maybe you know but, I mean? but I, mean, that, I mean from Marco Silva's point of view like he's still young enough to change and to probably improve mm-hmm. as a manager yeah. um, and as as Sarah says sort of the West Ham ways or you know we want to in football Fulham scored a thousand goals last season I mean granted in the championship <laughs> but they've attacked the Premier League in the same kind of way this year um, they've got more than double the goals West Ham have. I think Mitrovic on his own must be close to beating West Ham's tally of 13. Bloody <laughs> hell. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not Is that all they've that... got? 13 goals? Yeah, and it's not even, it's not even the worst. <laughs> That's bad. That yeah. Is not really bad. No, you've got, no, Carl, you've got 13 as well. Let's not oh, get ahead of it. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, well, we'll see. We'll see what goes on at West Ham. Um, but, 
Brentford, just a quick word on them. Um, up to 10th. Turned around. Yeah, he's a really good manager. I mean, there was, there was brief links uh, between us and Thomas Frank when we were looking for a new manager. And it, it would have been a point that I would have been happy with. I, I, I think... I think I think Carl makes a good point that if <clears throat> obviously Tony went off injured on the stretcher and there's this you know charge over him, so if for whatever reason they're going to be they're missing Tony for an extended period of time, I, I think that they'll they'll probably slide down the table a little bit, but I, I don't think they're in any danger of going no. down at all. And I, I think be interesting to see with with Frank like. How far can you take a club like Brentford? They're never going to be big spenders. And mm. You wonder. <clears throat> be be interesting, like next year, to see how they get on the Premier League and see what they try and do. But no, nah, fair fair play to go up to tenth. When I think last season, I think we towards the end of last season, we we'll, we'll kind of saying, yeah, they'll stay up, but they'll definitely go down next year, and they've never looked in any danger at all. Yeah, I mean, unbeaten in five now. Um, but I think I was one of them who was adamant they would go down this year. But I, I expected Tony to go, to be quite honest. Um, yeah. But it's going to be interesting, as you say, to see what they do without him, because uh, he is a big part of how they how they attack anyway. But we will find out, I think, for quite a while, by all accounts, whether he's injured or banned. <laughs> remains to be seen. But, um, yeah, I can't imagine he'll be playing too much in the next few months. Um, the other game on Friday night was... Um, Liverpool to Leicester City won. Um, Leicester took a lead early on through Dewsbury Hall, um, where Liverpool decided just to stand and watch uh, him run in a straight line, which was quite a sight. Um, but not a sight as good as Vought Fass scoring two own goals. Um, each one more comical than the last. Um, uh, I mean, if Ali was here, he'd be laughing his head off right now, but he's not, so <laughs> sigh. Pick a hole in this roof, please. Uh, I, I mean, it, it was it just meant like three from a defensive point of view of the worst goals you like to see over the weekend. Like you say, the, the Leicester goal, it was just the, the Liverpool defence it just sort of like parted like the Red Sea. Really, it was it's, it's quite quite strange to watch. And yeah, you, you sort of thinking, God, that's a bad goal to concede. And <laughs> Faye says, "Hold my beer." And you know, the first time goal was a lovely finish. To be fair, just I, in the wrong net. I don't understand what why everyone stood and watched it because, like, all right, for us, for us watching at home, we don't know where that ball's going. We can't even see it really; it just goes up in the air. But there were three or four defenders who, for my money, could have actually just sort of like choked back and cleared it from under the crossbar. Like tried to head it off the line. Yeah, but they all just stood and watched. It was very strange. I, well, I suppose it's one of those that you, when when he first hits it and you're looking at it and you're thinking, God, that looks like he's heading for the top corner, but surely <laughs> there's no way that that could happen from <laughs> the position that he's getting the ball from. But then, I mean, I thought, I thought that was okay. That was a bad own goal. <laughs> But the second one, I, I've watched it several times now, and I still can't really work out what he was trying to do and how he's managed to do what he's actually done. Like it was, it was that bad. I think I said in the in the group there should be an investigation into a Malaysian betting ring <laughs> looking at that second goal because it it looked like when the ball came off the post. So maybe I need to see it again. I've just not seen it right. But it looked like he had quite a bit of time 
to like judge that the ball was coming back to him and he just leathered it into the back of the net. Well, it, was the, it was the oddest home goal I've seen for a long that's time. That's it. I mean, you see it all the time where the you know, shot hits the post and it comes back and the defender clears it away. Like, had the goalkeeper been in goal, you wouldn't expect him to, to slam it into his own net from that position. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's such a, such a... I mean, I know he had like not much time to react and so on and so forth, but like, surely, as a defender, part of your game is like quickly reading the play and not putting it in your own net. Like... Carl, you say I can defend him down at uh, down at Goodison Park? Uh, thank you, no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I've never. I'll that that football club will never cease to amaze me. <laughs> they are the definition of the luckiest, jammiest bastards you'll ever meet in your life. The hor- the, they are the devil's club. I mean, they're just <clears throat> oh, they're just horrible. And they're not even good. It really winds me up. They're not even that good. See, I, anyway, I, I, what I don't get about Liverpool, and you two probably have your own opinions on this, but like, they make so many chances. I know you just said that they're not good, right? But if they took even half of the good chances they make, they would score double the amount of goals. <laughs> like, it's like if you look at Salah and Nunez alone on on Friday night, they must have had four what I'd call clear opportunities to score. What a Darwin Lewandowski. Give me a <laughs> Give me a friggin' break. He's just... Yeah, he, just go away. <laughs> he, is, he is one of the strangest footballers we've had in this league for a long time. In terms of, like, he has everything about him that you'd want in your, in your forward players except a brain. Like, it's <laughs> it, it's so strange to watch him. Like, he, he he can take players on. He's got some skills. He's, he's quick. He's tall. He's, he's, you know, good stride. And then he gets within like 20 yards of the goal and just falls to pieces. I mean, it's obviously we played Liverpool at home on Boxing Day, um, so like I went along and watched that. And sort of on the point you were making there, Dave, like they took half the chances they created and they they created quite a few against us. Yeah, but watching Nunes, like you say, it was, it was so weird because the amount of times that he got in behind us and he's so quick and like he's quite strong as well. And you're thinking, oh, Jesus, like, we're in trouble here. <laughs> but then he gets into the box, and it's like the spirit of Timo Werner from the last couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah. And he just, I've never seen never seen someone so big, will so small, in, 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 <laughs> when he gets into the penalty area. I mean, some of the chances he missed against us were horrific. And But but then he caused, like, he did cause so many problems. He's almost like... He shouldn't. They shouldn't play playing him as any sort of striker. Just play him out wide and just get him running down the wing and whipping balls into the box. <clears throat> well, funnily enough, I mean they, they did that against Tottenham before the break and it worked really well. Um, but I guess injuries have meant they can't really do it anymore because they've got yeah. all sorts of injuries. Um, they have, however, signed Cody Gakpo. Now, all right, in isolation, it's a good signing. But do they need another left winger? Really? Um, do you reckon Diaz is going to be out for longer than he thought? I think he's out for the rest of the season. I think that's oh, not right. Well, what a obviously he's there. Jota's there. Um, Nunez has been playing there. Um, yeah. Carvalho yeah, was signed to, to play there. I guess I, I don't know. I, I just find I, it. I, I think what 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 is odds is especially when you sort of reel off the list of forward options they already have. Yeah. yeah okay. So. Diaz and Jota might be injured for the moment. But, you know, they're not fit next year. You're never going to fit them all in. And surely, 
surely some of the money they spent on some of these players should have gone on sorting that midfield out. I really, really don't understand it. And then you have, every now and again, you'll have cough, bitching and moaning, which I know sounds a little far-fetched, but you'll have cough, bitching and moaning about (laughs) not having the money that, you know, Man City have to spend and blah, 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 blah. But they spent a, they have spent a hell of a lot of money since he's been yeah. there, and yeah. and why haven't they addressed that that central midfield over the last seven years? I really don't understand it. Uh, do, do we think they're just hoping that you know Bellingham's obviously the boy to get? Um, do you think they've just put all their eggs in that basket in the summer and they don't want to spend money now because they're going to need them in the summer? Or do you think maybe that was a maybe they thought last summer that that's what they would do for this summer coming up, but I'd, I'd be really surprised if Benningham went I, I think he'll go to Real Madrid. I think he'll go to Real Madrid as well. I think that's going to be the right decision for him as well. I, I, yeah, don't I, go there. I can't <laughs> see him end up at Liverpool. So I, I really, really rate Benningham. I don't want him going to Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the, only, the only possible argument is that he wants to come home. Haven't been in Germany for, what, four years now or something like that, but... Um, if you're, I think any footballer would go and live around Madrid given the given the option. Well, I think for Bellingham, Bellingham as well. When you think, obviously, like I mean, I still can't believe he's only 19. But the fact is, he's, he's still only 19. He's still a kid, and obviously, he's had, he's had a good World Cup, and so there's loads of pressure on him. And you know, we all know what what we're like in England, especially with young, really talented players. We build them up so much. And, and then he just can put unnecessary pressure on them. I personally think he's, he'll be better off staying abroad for another couple of years. So you, you're sort of out of the Premier mm. League limelight in a way. I yeah. think that'd be the best thing for him. I just hope for his sake that he um, learns Spanish and doesn't play golf, or else he'll get uh, he'll get sent <laughs> away. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? The, the, just back to them two own goals, by the way. I mean... Just to reiterate what Sai said before, he full-on volleys that. <laughs> full-on volleys it like, like he's just scored the winner. That's what I mean. I mean, it's the same name, Bel- Belgian for Tony or something. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, your, it's your mind-blowing. It's odd because he, um, he's actually been very good since he came to England. No, he um, has as well. And he's, he's helped turn Leicester around. Um, they're on decent form uh, before the break um, considering where they had been you know they were down with the dead man after 10 games or so but um, they're now comfortably mid-table but um, they've not had a good a good return um, and he was awful really for, the, for both goals for my, my money but uh, hopefully for his sake he gets over it um, right let's move on to Saturday um, Saturday lunchtime Marcus Rashford slept in Marcus Rashford was made a sub. Marcus Rashford came on the bench and did more in 45 minutes than most of his mates did in the full game. Uh, to win the game for Man United, 1-0 at Wolves. Um, first and foremost, uh, Carl, what do you think? Was this the right thing for Ten Hag to do? Rashford sleeps in, arrives late, gets benched? Yeah, it is, to be fair. It is. I think so. Um, I don't know if you used to watch this game. I did. Jesus. I wish I, did. I wish I didn't. God, it was dull. Like, dull, dull. And every time I was watching Wolves, I was thinking, we've just been beat by these. <laughs> these are absolutely terrible. And, it, like, the commentators were going, Wolves are, they've really pushed Man United to the limit. They haven't. They really haven't. 
Nah, it was. It was. Ju- it was God, it, that, but that was the worst game I've seen Casemiro play for United. Yeah, it was, it was it, awful. I felt really bad. I feel like he isn't. He looked like a footballer who isn't used to playing this many times in a row yeah, over, over yeah, like the winter period. <laughs> um, but he, he didn't look at it at all, and United were piss poor as well. To be honest, um, Rashford come on and he did change the game. He did, and fair play to the lad. He's 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 got his apart from sleeping in the mm. Um He's got his head down and he's changing games and. He possibly could have had the second. Ah, it, was, it, was a, it was a bit unfortunate, but I guess by the rule, it's not going to yeah, count. By the but... rule, it is, it's a disallowed goal, but United aren't much cough. I think we've said this for a while. The, um, the, the not, goals are shit. But they're but the grinding out results, which is yeah, a worry. Um, I watched Anthony Martial in this game give possibly the most nondescript performance of a centre-forward I've ever seen. Like, I, didn't, I, didn't, I forgot he was on the pitch. What I don't get is that, like, when you're playing as the one centre forward, right? And you, you, you know, you're going to score goals. You should always be in the box or around the box at least. He just sort of stands thirty yards out, watching the player going around him, and then <laughs> it's it's ut- utterly bizarre. Like if you get the chance to watch him, like it, it's like he's never actually played centre forward in his life, and he's like, oh, I should probably be in there, but I'll, I'll not. <laughs> I'll just hang out here in case it gets cleared. Like it was utterly garbage, and uh, you know, for them, Rashford is their only informed forward to make them in because Anthony. Um, Frawley scored in his first handful of games um, I don't think he's done anything since uh, except spin around a lot on that one occasion well, even in those first couple of games like, and uh, sometimes you, you feel stupid saying this about someone who scored a goal but if you think was it Arsenal I think was his debut yes and he, I think yeah. he scored in that game he did yeah. Man you won it but he, like, he did nothing other no. than that 10 seconds where he, he put the yeah. back in there I, it, he done the same against us. He played against us and scored, and he literally done nothing. <laughs> yeah, which I, I don't know is that is that brilliant clinical forward player? Is that just a, a lucky winger? He's just happened to get a couple of goals. I I don't really understand what he actually adds to that team. Like that was better than what they already had. No, that's it. And uh, I mean, all it does is it allows Rashford to play down the left where he's better, basically. Um, but if you're, yeah. if you're Jadon Sancho and you, I mean, where is he injured? I'm guessing. Like he must be looking at us being like uh, <laughs> men, yeah, I think he is, mental yeah. health or some shit, isn't it? That was it, is it? Because I mean, yeah. I mean, his story is bizarre. Like he was so good for Dortmund, um, got courted by both Manchester clubs for a long time, decided to come to Man United, and then has been utterly terrible um, ever since stepping foot back on these shows. Yes. I mean. I mean, Jude Bellingham might well look at that and go, well, hang on a minute. Like, it's it's maybe not that good to go back home. Because yeah. um, he's, he's not being good. Um, but if he can get himself fit and, and well, um, he would walk in that team for uh, for Anthony's position for, at the minute, for me. Yeah. Uh, I think with Sancho as well, and I mean, like, we've, we've kind of covered it already on here a few, like, plenty of times, but the biggest prob- biggest thing, I think, as knackered him at United was when they signed Ronaldo back last summer. Yeah. Because it just completely ruined it. You know, when, when San, before the Ronaldo signing and they brought Sancho in, you kind of, you looked at it and thought, okay, there's this front three there, Sancho, Greenwood and Rashford. Obviously, <laughs> Mason Greenwood, you know, we won't go into that. Um, but, when, you know, Ronaldo came and it just sort of threw that all out the window. And, like, I think it knackered Rashford up and it knackered Sancho up. And now... 
now Ronaldo's gone, like you boys have already said about Rashford, you know, he's he, he's starting to get himself back to, to how he was when he first broke in. And, you know, I've, I thought he had a really good World Cup as well. And he's sort of come back from the back of that with, with another couple of goals since coming back. So fair play to him, actually, because he kind of, he'd, he'd become like a, a real figure of ridicule, I think. And it's, you know, to, to get, get, get through that and sort of get, start getting yourself back to the level that you were at, I, I think you can only really give him credit for it. Um, one person I will give credit to for Wolves, actually, was the keeper. The keeper played really well. That's uh, I thought he had a good game. Yeah. And I mean, the two there, the two centre-halves did as well. I thought Nathan Collins was excellent. There was, there was a couple of like... Yeah, he was. And Beck, Kilman as well. Beckenbauer Beck type runs where he picked the ball off, well, a static martial and kind of skipped through a few challenges. Um but Tom's always been the same for Wolves, really, is that they, they've just got nothing at the top end of the field. Um, although they have signed... Well, uh, our mate, Aiton Uri, um, who we spent weeks weeks deriding, um, popped up with a winner there. But they have signed um, Cunha from Atletico Madrid. Um, do you know much about him? I know we were after him last season, apparently. Uh, well, I haven't seen much of him, to be honest. No, I couldn't really comment on him. No, well, well, I mean, he can't be any worse than what they've what they've got, surely. Like <laughs> the uh, there you go. Well, I mean, Diego Costa's he hasn't really changed. He's just he's just not as like as fit as he used to be, but he's still angry and he still runs about a lot. He just doesn't really get the chances in that Wolves team, does he? No, but never mind. Um, okay, so on to more. Entertaining, fair, I'm going to say. Um, Bournemouth, nil, Crystal Palace, two. Um, Jordan Ayew is on the score sheet, as with Eze. Um, Bournemouth have had the takeover, or whatever it is, investment, whatever you want to call it, completed. Uh, Michael B. Jones, now co-owner, um, decided to stick with Gary O'Neill, um, who was doing a good job, but um, the wheels have started to come off a bit. Um, this defeat to Palace, who had also lost two in a row coming into it, kind of sums up where they're at at the minute. Um, firstly, on the game itself, Asai, um, what do you think of Palace here? Um, impressive. I, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I didn't really see see that result coming. Because um, I think I was in Boxing Day, did they lose 3-0 at home to Fulham and had a couple of men sent off. So, you know, it wasn't the, the best preparation to go into that game, but... Um, I, mean, I, I thought from, from what I saw in match of the day, they, they looked in total control of that game, and I thought Eze's goal was nicely worked as well. Um, no, they fair play to them because you know they, that the results against Fulham at home would have been quite disappointing. So to bounce back from that was really good. But when you're up against the type of performance that that Bournemouth put up against them, if you can call it a performance, it's, uh, it certainly makes your life a hell of a lot easier, doesn't it? It was a very Crystal palace result where they go into a game where you think, oh, they might lose that and end up winning it at a canter. Um, <laughs> like, to go 11th, uh, two points behind Brighton, who everyone's saying is having this, you know, this great season, and Palace all of a sudden are, are like, comfortably mid-table again. Um, they're, they're, they'll always be difficult to work out for me. I, I just can't. I, and I, I never know where their points come from, but they all seem to have them. It's, uh, it's very, <laughs> very strange. Um, Bournemouth, um, do we think they are now in serious relegation trouble at last? Yeah. Yes. I do. 
Yeah. Um, I know they put seven past us, but let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's nice to see Stanislas has got injured again after doing this twice as well. <laughs> <laughs> Bell end. <laughs> um, no, I think the, the, the O'Neill sort of bubble, bubbles burst. I know, we'd, like I said, they beat us, but I'm, I'm not going into that. Um, they haven't got the players to drag them out of the to drag them up, sorry, unless they spend, which by all likelihood they might do, because they didn't spend a jot in um, in the summer, did they? They got like freeze and I think they paid like a couple of million for that goalie. So I think they've got to spend um, if they've got any chance to. Basically. Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> when we came into the season, we said they were, they were nailed on for relegation with that basically a championship squad um, with Scott Parker, who, <laughs> you know, isn't, well, he's now a Champions League manager, but let's not go there. Um, they now have, <laughs> they now are basically a rookie manager with that championship squad. It looks like they should get relegated, but Sarah, can you make any argument for them sort of kicking on again? Or? Um, not unless, as Carl said, they, they spend money in, in January because, I mean, just sort of to reiterate the points you just said there, it's a championship squad with, with Gary O'Neill in charge. Now, O'Neill may well go on to be a, a, a decent manager over the next five, ten years or whatever, but this is, as your first sort of job... It's a tough one to try and keep that Bournemouth squad in the Premier League. Um, but, yeah, as things stand, I'd be surprised if they stayed up. But, you know, you, you just got to wait. It's, it's a difficult one, really. I, I, at this moment, sort of predicts about who's going to do what in terms of staying up or going down. It's kind of like, I think you need, to, now the transfer window's open, and so you see what squads teams are left with. It's, you can't make, like, an accurate assessment, but unless there's some serious serious surgery done to that squad, I think they'll go. Mm. Yeah, and there's going to be more games than usual in, after the January transfer window, if that makes sense, because of, obviously, the World Cup delay. Um, mm. It's harder than ever, as you say, to predict, especially having had you know six weeks where we haven't had any games. Um, it's uh, it's very hard to decide whether these results are just because of the circumstances or whether it, you know it's the way it's going to be, but... Bournemouth, they haven't really had that many players away. Um, I, I just, I'm, you know, they're just not very good, really. Um, there's, only, <laughs> there's only so far that uh, you know, good team spirit and whatever else can take you. Um, and, yet, and yet, neither of our teams have beaten them this season. Yeah, uh, well, we beat them in the cup, so don't we about that? Ah. We, we crush Gary, we crush Wembley dream, don't we about that? <laughs> Thanks for that, Dave. Yeah, no problem. Took them out for you. Thanks. <laughs> well, what we'll do is we'll just talk about Fulham Southampton quickly because uh, this will probably tie in with a lot of the Bournemouth comments, certainly for Southampton. Um, James Ward-Prowse scored at both ends. He was kind of credited with an own goal, which was a little bit unfortunate because it was Pereira's volley that hit him. Um, he then curled in a standard James Ward-Prowse free kick. Um, Southampton looked good odds to go and win this after that. They had a lot of the play, but Fulham struck late on uh, and, st- and still had time to miss a penalty um, on the way to win this 2-1 that leaves the bottom of the table um, they've appointed Nathan Jones who again <sighs> I mean I don't think I don't think we discussed this before the break but it's it's an odd appointment for me um, which we'll come on to but 
<laughs> I was just going to say one of the oddest managerial appointments. That I mean, I know you kind of we always used to say about Southampton, the Hasselhoot, or like they're such a strange club. You can't work out what they're going to do, and they've really proved how strange a club they are by sacking and appointing Nathan Jones. I, I really, I cannot, cannot for the life of me understand the logic behind that thinking. Unless the the, the only way. I think it makes any sense would be if they oh. thought we we know we're going to get relegated, so let's just get a manager who's used to managing in the championship in nice and early. Yeah. But even that doesn't really make any sense. But that's the only way I can rationalise it in my head. I know, and I mean that would be fine if we were thirty games in and they were ten points down. But like, yeah. they're really not. They're you know they're one win away from being sort of out of the bottom three. But um, anyway, Nathan Jones is the man they've picked. Um, Let's call it the game first and foremost. Um, do you agree with my assessment there that they were, you know, they looked like they were going to go on and win this game, and then obviously ultimately didn't? Yeah, I'd go along with that. Um, from what I saw match of the day, once once they equalised, yeah, it looked like that they were probably going to go on and hit the winner. But you know, to, to concede so late on, just I mean, Southampton. I saw them come to Villa Park. We still had Gerrard's in charge, and we beat them one nil that day. But it's it was the worst game of football that I've ever been to, and I've been to like some shite. I've been I've been to some shite, and I've been to some shite nil nils. There was at least a goal in this game, and it was still that bad a game. They were they they were awful that day. They every time I've seen them this season, other than when they beat Chelsea randomly and weirdly they, they they've just looked so bad all season and i think i'm not even sure that they've actually got much money to spend in january so i think they're they're in serious serious danger of going down this year carl can you uh can you, can you cheer any southern fans up no no i said at the time about nathan jones um i thought it was a weird weird appointment because like I think I said a couple of weeks ago on the, on the pod um, he's, he did do really well at Luton twice mm. right yeah and he went to the dizzy heights of Stoke and absolutely flapped it so it's just mind blowing why they, why they put him in that position and but you know they play us on the 14th so I'm going to hold back <laughs> <laughs> Probably, probably fair. I mean, what I find really odd is that in the summer they were hell bent on signing Liam Delap from Man City. Oh, brilliant stuff, that. Yeah, I mean, obviously they failed to do that. Um, they've just got so few goals in their team, um, and they've got so little experience. I thought the first thing that the manager would do, which is the same thing all managers do, is they come in and they go, you know what, I'm going to play the experienced goalkeeper instead of this like Bazunu, who's he's been okay, but. Fundamentally, when you're facing a hundred shots a match, you're going to let some in. Um, yeah. I know he saved a penalty yesterday, but I was—I thought they'd almost certainly put McCarthy back in, or you know, they'll get an experienced keeper in, in January. But that's only going to stop some of the goals um, that generally seem to be dysfunctional in, in pretty much every department. Ward Prowse has been nowhere near his best. I know he's got good free kick here, but I can't really remember having a mark on any game he's played, um, which is not like him. Uh, they're just it's like it's like the foot of t- like you know when like you get like a good youth team when you a, a band and they play like, oh 
well, these lads are playing in the under 15s league, but they're all only 13 and 14. So you know, it'll be it'll be a good test. Be, be a good test for them. So far, they're just they're just, they're, they're just absolutely awful. Um, I mean, I'm looking at their starting lineup, and you, you know, other than War Prowse and you know, maybe Ariba and Maitland Niles, I've hardly heard of any of the others. No, like, yeah, Shai Adams as well. Like, I like Kyle at, Walker Peters actually. To be fair, he's not a bad player. He's he's all right, but I mean, he's he's not great. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, he's, not, he's, not, he's, he's not their biggest problem, but like no. He's also being, being played as a left wing back when I'm pretty sure he's right footed. Um, so that can only work. You look at the, the starting lineup and, and the bench. How many of those players would you like? Are, are genuinely like at the moment good or, or Premier League quality players? Maybe two, mm. three at a push. Maybe I mean Bella, Bella Kotrap gets a good write up. He, I think he went to Germany with the went to World Cup he with did, Germany. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, can't be a bad player, but. They, they can't have played El Yunusi in centre mid. I'm just looking at the BBC's graphic here. That can't be right, surely. Would they do that? <laughs> God, who knows? I, I, honestly, like it's, and, and I think we, we've said this before as well. They, they, you look at them over the last few years, maybe the last two or three years under Hassan Hootel, they, they, they've sold a lot of their experienced players and just haven't replaced any of them. And like that's... It's a recipe for a club like Southampton. That's just going to be a recipe for disaster. It's yeah, never going to end up. It's never going to. It's only ever going to go one way, and, that, and that's badly if, if you're doing that. I mean, even I like so. a player like Oriel Romeo, who they who they got rid of, like he does a lot of the hard work, the sort of the donkey work, and they yeah. don't they haven't replaced him. Or if they have, it's with some child who isn't anywhere near as like physically competent. So. Uh, uh, do you know when, when I was looking? When I was looking at the team just before I said that. He was exactly the player I was thinking of, like yeah, Romeo. Yeah. Why did they let him go in the summer? Oh, I'm really, you know, he's not a world beater, but he was, I always thought he was like a, a pretty decent player. Really, really strange. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of Salaman fans unhappy with the sort of policy of buying youth players, and I can see why. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a team that if, like, if that played in the championship, you go, well, you know, it might finish in the playoffs. <laughs> it's not great. Um, Fulham though, um, quick word on them. Carl, I know you said earlier, big fan of Marco Silva <laughs> from. Yeah, they, yeah, I'll, I'll, they just continue to grind up these results. Um, I think Mar- Marco's got them playing, and I, I still reiterate what I said a couple of weeks ago, and I think me and you have both said this: that Pereira is a really good player. Mm. Uh, Man United have maybe shot themselves in the foot there because he's a decent player. Then. And he sold them for buttons as well. Yeah, I, I like him. Um, he, he knits everything together up front. And I tell you what, getting Willian. Um, He's turning back for years. Isn't he? I know. Like what? I know he was like desperate to go back to Brazil, but what did he? What did he do in Brazil? Like he's because he's like Benjamin Button. He's got. He's become. He's become, he's become, he's become good again. He's, yeah, had some uh, some serious treatments over there <laughs> in Brazil, like rejuvenation creams. No. It is like. He's playing like the William, you know, of, of the Chelsea heyday when he was a really good player. I, 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 when I think he was like maybe seven, maybe two or three games into the season, I was like watching 
Mashing Danielson again. I saw William was playing for Fulham, and like I had to like rewind and, and double check because I thought he's he's long gone from the game, but it's quite impressive, really. He's uh, resurgence to form. Yeah, he's um, when Fulham played us, and I know this is no great shakes, but he absolutely destroyed us. Like every time he got the ball, he was just darting past us. Damn pastors. I was like, Jesus Christ, sod off. <laughs> that was a strange game because Fulham had about 50 shots and finished 0-0. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it was, yeah. But that's, that's Fulham, though. They make so many chances. Um, I mean, um, Mitrovic has taken his fair share, but as, as a team, they, they don't half get the ball to him and play it with strength. It's uh, it's quite quite refreshing to see, see it. To yeah exactly yeah, for, yeah. for a championship club to come up and just do what they were doing last season without any sort of questions it's uh, I think it's a, a very bold strategy but they sit 7th at the minute so what can you say fair play, fair play. exactly uh, alright next up Carl <laughs> who saw this coming Manchester City won Everton won um, Erling Haaland took some time out from being a little bitch to score Man City's opener uh, and then Everton equalised through Damari Gray um, rolling back the years I tell you whichever manager picked him up for £2 million is a serene manager who will do well <laughs> at another <laughs> Premier League club um, <laughs> Carl um, what went on here? I don't know <laughs> uh, I really don't know um, first half was bad like bad bad for us um, I'm glad you picked up on Harlem being a little girl, <laughs> a big girl, a long girl, whatever. Um, he was rattled. I know he scored, but he Ben Godfrey must have been saying some horrendous things to him because he had them off the wall. Um, very, every time they looked at each other, he was snarling and everything. It's very weird behaviour from I suppose like he is a elite level striker, but it's very easy to wind them up seemingly. <laughs> Which is good. Which is good. Um, I, well, think, now, I think I get a lot of that now. Sorry, I think now with people okay. seeing how easy it is to get under a skin, like it's going to happen more well, and more. I, I, I was surprised, um, like just when when we played them and we we somehow got a one-one draw that no one saw coming, similar to yesterday. <laughs> um, in in that game again, although Harlan scored, Mings like kind of dealt with him quite well by being quite aggressive, like with him and like sort of getting into him. And I kind of thought after that, or maybe. Because that was like one of the first times I'd seen like a defender properly sort of rattle him a little bit, and I thought, okay, well maybe you know people might pick up on this. So I'm, I'm surprised it's taken so long for another team <laughs> to try that tactic out. Yeah, what happened was that in the first minute, Godfrey just I think the other coming together, and Godfrey's just left a bit on him and stood on him, and Godfrey sort of like looked up at him and say, and what, and walked off. Uh, obviously he scored and then they were just going at it it was like every five seconds you were looking and they were pushing and shoving each other bitching to each other and I'm not being funny how the hell did he stay on the pitch he's not even attempting to play that ball that's a joke he, he connects with that he's broke his leg it's a red it's a red all day long De Bruyne's is a red as well sorry but if that if that is the Marty Gray on De Bruyne that's a red if that's Tarkovsky on Haaland, that's a red. I'm sorry, but it, it was a disgrace. Um, but it, it was a hard watch, obviously, because 
you don't go to the Etihad and go out. You certainly don't. No, it's it's like, and the but you could see the frustration in them. And if you watch our goal, I mean, don't get me wrong, Jesus Christ, great finish, posted, literally oh. posted stand. It's it's summit, and the fact that he tripped over was even <laughs> funnier. <laughs> um, but if you watch it, he's defending. It's 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 bad. It's like really bad. Um, Michalenko just literally just runs past Gray, and fair enough, Gray shapes to pass to him, and you just follow Michalenko, <laughs> and Gray's like, "Yeah, you're a dickhead. Good night." You know what I mean? It was it was poor, and then John Stones is coming out saying we were wasting time, we were doing this, we were doing that. I was like, I was thinking to myself, these are little girls, because it wasn't going their way. Do you know what I mean? I think that they get rattled really easily. And yeah, it's, it's fun to watch as well. Bernardo Silva's face, just great. But like John Stones coming out and saying stuff like that, or they, you know, they're wasting time. Of course they were. What do you what do you expect the opposition to do? Like that, that's just basics of, of football. If you're you're you know, like it's, if you're the underdog in a game like that, you know, you're not being in great form. And you're in a position where you can get something. Of course, you're going to try every trick in the book to see it out. Like that—that that just happens all over the country every single week. So don't come out bitching and moaning about that. Like, yeah, put your I, chances I, away. That's it. And I mean, don't get me wrong. It was—it was—it was little. I think we had two shots, and one was on target, and that was the goal. Fair enough. But the blocks we were making, we were at them. Pickford made a couple of good saves again. Um, I mean, I'm not getting carried away. I'm 100% not getting carried away. Um, but they do. I mean, after Wolves, I was ready to jack it in. And again, they just... They always seem to pull me back in. Um, but, I mean, to go to City and get a, a result is is not the worst. And it'll do Lampard the world a good. Uh, a couple of players that were really good. Garner. Garner was really good. Pickford was really good. Tarkovsky and the other fellow next to him was good. So <laughs> good as well. Um, but can we just talk about how bad Neil Bonapay's become? Uh, yeah. Or, or, or ever was, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I've, def- I've defended him all season and said, we don't play his way. We don't. We're lumping it up to him and he's five foot two. Um, but I, I think I've got to eat my own words here because he can't run. He can't shoot and he can't pass. Other than that, though. <laughs> Other than that, though, you know, we're, we're going to win the league. <laughs> well, the thing is, I, mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Everton have got the joint sixth best defence in the league. It's impressive. When you think about it. Yeah, but obviously one of, the, one of the worst attacks with just 13 goals in 17 games. Morpé has been playing the centre-forward for probably 75% of those games. Yeah. If not more. Um, got one goal. Yeah, he hasn't been good. <laughs> um, but he wasn't great for Brighton. Obviously, we talked time and time again about Brighton making loads of chances and not taking them. Um, what would you do with them? Is, is, would you just cut your losses and get rid of them in January? Or is there, is there more to come? Because you've let Rondon go. Um, yeah, yeah. And you've recalled Ellis Sims, which... I'm grateful for because he was doing quite well at Sunderland. So. <laughs> I, I was going to bring up that Ellison's thing. I mean, I mean, Everton Twitter is a fun place to be at the moment, <laughs> as you could well imagine. Um, 
what strikes me as very concerning, I'm sure you'll agree, if we're recalling Ella Sims, we clearly haven't got no money. Yes, that would be a worry. And if we can't forget, yes, yeah, yes, the result was great, fair enough, but if we're not scoring, we're not winning games, it's just simple. Really, <laughs> this is, I, I was just looking, your, your next three league games, not including the uh, <coughs> cup game against United, you've got Brighton at home, uh, on Tuesday, Southampton, Southampton at home, West Ham away. You just saying that you draw away at Man City yesterday. It's all well and good, but if you don't get anything from, especially those two home games against Brighton and Southampton, if you're not you're not getting four points minimum, I'd say there, I think we need six. Yeah, but I mean, like, I'm talking like four as a minimum. Then that result yesterday, okay, it's not a bonus, but it doesn't mean anything, does it? Um, and we're going to be resting our. Uh, you know, uh, eggs in one basket with Calvert Lewin, who I know he's been injured most of the season, and he's clearly not the player. But he just doesn't look at it at all. Mm. He, I, he, I think he's bolted himself up too much, and every time he's injured, it's just gotten longer. And we can't rely on Morpé. And now we're going to have to rely on a 21-year-old who's never played Premier League football. It's 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 not fair. We should. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I appreciate why he's brought him back, and like we'll look because we'll be looking at the Coventry lad. I was like, fair enough, get Ella Sims back, so you're not spending stupid money on a Coventry player. Hmm. Probably just the same. <laughs> yeah, I, I do hope you get that. But and like, there's rumours like that we're looking at short-term loans for you know strikers or wingers or whatever. Who the hell are we gonna get? That's gonna change our season on a short-term loan. Oh, where you go? Where's him? I don't know. Is Ivan Sony before he gets back? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it, yeah. It, I mean, we're, we're heavily linked with Alanga from United, and <sighs> he's all right. It's not goal scorer though, is he? No. Exactly my point. He's yeah. not going to score those goals, and we need goals like now. Yeah, yeah. I think so. you know Broge was probably another option on loan, but he's uh, he's injured himself, hasn't he? So yeah. Can't imagine that'll happen. What will happen? Yeah, yeah. Do you call like as as it stands at the moment? On on, like honest gut feeling, do you think you'll stay up this season? Um, No, I don't. Really? Yeah, really. See, I think you will. um, Because there's three ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be brutal, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I'll take that. No, I don't know. Um, After Wolves, I thought that. If you can't be bottom at home, mm. then you're seriously worrying. But after that, yesterday, at least we showed we could fight. Yeah. And that's that's one thing that I said walking out of walls. I went, these have gotten off. These, these are the gang of shit houses. But clearly they're not. I, 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 they're, they're not good, but they're not... I don't know. I just don't get them. I, I know we, what we you mean, yeah. We just can't score. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, we don't... I mean, if you watch the Wolves game, we probably should have won. The, the, the chances we had when Morpé hmm. basically volleyed it back to the keeper after he cleared <laughs> off. <laughs> and Gordon was two yards out and missed. Oh, it was, I mean, we looked a much better team without Anthony Gordon playing as well, actually. I can't bear him, by the way. Um, yeah, I, I guess I, I, probably no chance of him leaving now on big money. No, no. <laughs> I, the, only, the only person I can see leaving... Uh, it won't be January, it'll be Pickford. And <laughs> when Pickford goes, I think 
I think that might be the end. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm not joking. He's our best player by some distance at the moment. <laughs> some distance. Mm, I, I think just like I'm going back to whether like how you'll uh, finish the season. I, I think what Dave said at the start of the review of this game that you've got the sixth best defensive record in the league now. I know it's that you know obviously you're struggling for goals, but I think the fact that you don't concede as many as the teams around you, I think that's that's something that will that will help you come the end of the season as well. We just literally, if if Calvert-Lewin decides to get a shooting boots back on, I think we, we probably will be all right. And like you, you made the point of our next three league games, we we should be looking at them three games going, we can beat all these. Yeah. And, and I know Brighton are good, but at home, Tuesday night, we should be in at them. Southampton, we should be dusting. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> and West Ham away, it, it's not that daunting, is it? Not, 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 at the moment. Not, not at the moment, no, exactly. No, it's, it's there for you if, you if you can just find some goals. But uh, yeah. I can see why I should call Ellison for that reason because if, you know, let's say he doesn't and you end up getting relegated and Ellison has scored 20 championship goals and Sunderland finished, I don't know, fourth or whatever. They're, like, they're in the playoffs at the minute anyway. Someone would turn around and go, well, why on earth is he playing in a division below scoring goals when, you know... Okay. Uh, when, it, when you're not scoring goals so he's just taking out the equation and you could go and get a couple of strikers whether they're loans or whatever it's not going to stop him leaving on loan again is there no that's it that's it and probably some London taking back her open arms by the sounds of it I think they would I um, so we'll keep an eye on Everton's uh, transfer dealings but obviously a goal scorer is uh, top of the list from somewhere yeah paramount um, right, the next game we'll spend no time on at all. Newcastle nil, <laughs> Leeds nil. Um, in summary, we had lots of shots. They had very few shots. Um, we couldn't score. We missed some some very simple chances. Um, Sean Longstaff's at the end in particular was very bad finishing. Um, it shouldn't attract though from what's been an excellent year for Newcastle going from rock bottom last last Christmas to uh, to third in the table this Christmas um, I'd, I'd love to finish in the top four I, I don't think we will I think um, the bigger guns will, will come on strong in the second half of the season we'll hopefully still finish in the top six or seven but um, what do you guys think I know obviously we're not easy your friends but <laughs> looking at it from a neutral point of view do you think we're Champions League contenders or are we just going to fall away I, th- I think he's are. I really do. Personally. I think you'll fall away. And unless, it, again, it's sort of what we were talking about uh, earlier about the relegation battle. It, it all depends, I think, on what you what business you might do this month and who you bring in. I think in the squad as it is at the moment, I think there's there's some very, very good players in there. Like Bruno Guimaraes, you know, this is probably the standout one. But I do think you're currently playing well above the ability level of some of those players in there. Um, you know, likes of Sean Longstaff. He's, you know, he's obviously had a very good season, but you know, a few months ago, you wouldn't be saying he'd be playing for a team in the top four. Yeah. So I, I don't, and you know, obviously Almiron as well has been 
I don't know, touched by Zeus's wand and given the power of Messi. I don't know what's happened there. Him and William have been at Clarence and got that, uh, that cream you want to go to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think, I, I currently think that you're, you're, you're playing better than some of your parts, but so as it stands with the squad you got at the moment, I think I'd, I'd agree with your assessment that you'd probably fall away from the top four and you'd expect the bigger guns to come on stronger. But you've got money to do some serious damage in the January transfer window, so I think you have to wait and see how your squad looks come the 31st of January before you can make a full assessment on that. Yeah, I, 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 we we have obviously have the money to spend, but you also have this supposed financial fair play to try and keep tabs on, so... I don't know how easy that is to get around. So I'm not, I, I always go in these windows expecting us not to spend. Then we end up shelling sixty million on on you know Isaac or whatever. So hmm. we'll just have to have to see what happens there. But um, obviously happy to be third. Be nice to finish there, but won't be too down hard as long as we you know don't totally fall away and we're st- still around the top six or seven coming the end of the season. That would be a great result for us. I would say. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so the last game of Saturday was Brighton to Arsenal for uh, lads. Arsenal going to win the league? Discuss. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have hope that you lot beat them. There you go. I said it. Wow. <laughs> I know you'll never hear me say that again, but I, I generally do because. Arsenal fans are just dickheads. Yeah, I mean it's much more fun when you, when know, they when get you see these. back to the the glory days of AFTV. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> oh, take me back. <laughs> you know, I think we I think we all enjoyed that a lot more. I, as as I said in the uh, in the WhatsApp group yesterday, I just I've got I just can't shake this nagging feeling that they're going to to do an Arsenal and and, and mess it up, but. At the moment, fucking hell, they're, what are they, seven points clear? Seven clear, yeah. yeah. Like, that's a healthy lead. That, especially when, you know, Arsenal won, played 16, won 14, only drawn one and lost one. And it's even that, that, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. Roger, sure <laughs> yeah, and then they lost They lost to Man uh, U in a game that they should have won. So, they just... Even you know, Jesus has been injured for the last couple of games. It hasn't bothered them at all. And Ketty has come in and got a few goals. So I think that will bite them on the ass. Yeah, that, that that's the other thing. Like not not just this injury, but you kind of. I mean, you can say this about anyone really, but if you know one or two injuries to key players, I think could put them in a bit of bother. But at the moment, God, yeah, you got to say that they're right in there. That that old that Martin Odegaard is some player, you know. I've said this for ages. He is quality. Oh, he's playing. They, they they get him injured and they'll struggle because he is all over the place. I think that goes for any team. Though. Like you said, like, you know, Man City, yeah, Man City think, lost lost a point. Really there'll be there'll be issues, but they they're just playing <laughs> so well. I think there's only the problem they've got like the problem the league has is that there's only a handful of teams who realistically could beat them. Um, because of you know, even with Jesus out being out and Enkedia playing, it doesn't really matter against the majority of teams. 
um, as long as the rest of them, the rest of the team are there. There's only three or four teams who would, could realistically go and beat them. Um, mm. It's, I think, a bit like ourselves. I keep assuming they'll fall away, and they just keep finding these results. Um, Brighton away can be a really difficult place to go, but they just made it look very, very easy yesterday. Um, I know that Brighton had a bit of a rally towards the end, but it, it, um, Arsenal done the hard work by that point, really. Um, and they're just like Saka and Odegaard and Martinelli, they're all playing so well. Uh, it's, uh, there's every chance they're going to do it. I mean, it, it'd be quite the turn up. Um, <laughs> and like, like I'm, I'm with Sai on the Ramsdale hate club because he is. No, he's, ah, he's a nuisance. He's shit, and I hate him. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, like, I mean, it, it wouldn't be the the worst that they have to go down to the league and they have to win, and Ramsdale throws one in. That would be that. <laughs> I'd like to see that. That'd be fun. Um, I, I, maybe Jonathan Jaffa scored an own goal as well. And <laughs> I, I think what what they've really got going for them this season as well is they they finally look like they've sorted out that soft sensor that that Arsenal always had and you know this the center backs uh Gabriel and Saliba they look that looks a good solid partnership and passing in front of them just, just does, is good, he? it does the the ugly things well for them and you know we've been kind of for how many years have you as everyone always said about Arsenal, yeah, you know, they've got some really good attacking players, but they're pretty weak. They're not, you know, they, they, they've got a soft centre and you can get at them. You can be, you know, if you're sick in a hard challenge, they don't like that and they'll wilt. They're not like that anymore. They, they, they've got a bit of muscle in there to give it back now. And yeah, it's, it's all looking good for them at the moment. I, th- I think I think it's just injuries. Injuries, I think, is the only thing that, that will knacker them. Yeah, but they've got more depth than they have in previous years. Um, they're not, you know, even like Reese Nelson came on the other week and scored twice. Like, <laughs> they, they, they all seem to have, uh, have bought into this somehow. So um, it is a big test though against us because, um, you know, we've got somehow got the best defence in the league, which again is not something I ever thought I'd say. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they get on against our organised team. Um, but I guess we'll find out on Tuesday night. Um, do you have anything to add to this before we move on? Um, that Ferguson scored for is it Ferguson? Uh, for Brighton apparently he's really good. Evan Ferguson. Um, yes, apparently he's supposed to be really good. Oh, maybe he you could took his goal well. He did. He did. Yeah. He did. Calm, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Oh well, see how he goes. Maybe Evan will loan him in January. Right, on to today's fun. Sigh. Aston Villa won 2 0 at Tottenham. A great result for everybody involved. (laughs) Um, Emmy Buendia and, well, Buendia and Douglas Louise with the goals. Um, Well deserved, Sigh. Oh, 100%. I, I, I thought. I thought we were in complete control of the game from the first minute, to be honest. I, I mean, the first half, I think, for neutrals probably wasn't the most entertaining. There wasn't an awful lot of goal-mouth action, but I just, at no stage in that game did I ever feel nervous or that, that we could be in any trouble. Um, I thought, I think Kane didn't have his first touch until 
the 20th minute, which, you know, that's that's quite a start when that came up. Um, we just, we, we looked, we looked just so well organised. You know, Emery, I think the first two games that we had under him, you beat United and beat Brighton. You could, we could, I could already see changes instantly in those first two games. And this six-week break that we had, that we had for, for the World Cup, uh, I think was was just absolutely crucial to us for him to you know really drill the players and get them get them playing how he wants them and get them organised. And you could, as the first half was going on, you could just feel Tottenham getting more and more frustrated. You could see the players weren't enjoying it. The crowds were sort of it was it was like a library in there. You know, watching it on the TV, there was just no noise other than from the Villa ends. Um, and then second half, obviously, we get get a goal early on in the second half. Uh, Carl's favourite goalkeeper, Hugo Lloris, provided uh, yet another outstanding display for that goal. I mean, mm. it was a, you know, let's be honest, it was a fairly routine shot from Luis from 30 yards out that he should have easily collected. He spills it, but Watkins, you know, reacted really well quicker than their nah, defenders. He's done, he's done well for that, to be fair. Yeah, because I mean, he could have... I think a lot of it could have been so easy once he'd taken such pass the keeper to just try to swing his left foot at it towards the goal. But to have, to have that bit of composure and just get his head up and pick Brendier out was really impressive. And from that moment on, I just I, I was I, I was convinced that we were going to win the game. I never thought at any stage that we were going to throw it away. And we, we became a bit more of a threat as the second half went on. And then the our second goal, Douglas Louise's goal, was... I thought it was such a brilliant goal. I mean, we we won the ball back from them high up the pitch. I think Louise won it back. He did, yeah. Into McGinn. Beautiful pass from McGinn into Louise. But the run, the touch was superb. The finish, a little outside of the foot chip over Louise. I thought it was such a good goal. And at that point, you know, that pretty much was game over. I thought I thought Louise and Bubakar Kamara were absolutely outstanding in the midfield how we've got that Kamari on the free I'll, I'll <laughs> never understand like the I mean the only thing, good thing Steven Gerrard did was go to Kamara's house in France last year and, and persuade him to, that, that yeah. personal touch to persuade him to come to us because he is a head of a footballer I mean Villa since we've been in the Premier League we've been crying out for midfielder like that I can just sit in front of the bat for great player but he's He's so good on the board as well. His range of passing and he can get himself out of tight spaces. And as I thought, him and Louise up against Hoiberg and Basuma, which is, you know, that's a pretty formidable midfield duo. But Kamara and Louise just completely dominated that midfield. And McGinn's looking a hell of a lot better since Emery's come in. Ashley Young needs to have his piss testers because how, how <laughs> he's still performing the way he's performing. At the age he is. I mean, he's outrunning Son, who who's no slouch, and he, um, he you know, he helps marshal the bat four really well. Conza is getting back to his best. You know, a couple of years ago, I, I, you know, we, there was a lot of bit of fans thinking that he should have been in the round the squad a few years ago because he was playing so well. But his form really dropped off last season. But he's looking more aggressive now. The whole bat four at that time to bat six today. They just frustrated Tottenham so much. Like the organisation has been superb, and our two away games under Emery, the win at Brighton, the win at Tottenham, barring the first 
40 seconds of that Brighton game when we gave that stupid goal away. They've been an absolute masterclass in away performances, like literally perfect away performances, which we haven't had for quite a while. So I'm uh, I'm very optimistic about about the future under Unai Emery because he's he's just done a great job so far. Yeah, two um, two starts on this one. Emery set a record of 55 Premier League games without a goalless draw. Yes. Yeah, who knew? Uh, and Tottenham set an unwanted club record, uh, conceding at least two goals in seven successive Premier League fixtures, which is wow. a summary of really where they are at the minute. Um, they have been falling behind <coughs> a lot and come back, but they never had the chance to do that today because um, Villa were just the perfect way performance, what I'm going to call it. Um, didn't give Tottenham a sniff. Um, it, I can see Conte walking away from this at some point. I was going to say the exact same thing. He looks fed up already. Um, yeah, he called them out again today, didn't he? Oh, he yeah, did. in his post-match interview. I, I, I thought it was, a, it was an odd post-match interview, that. He's, it's Conte, he is odd. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very good point. Can, can I just make a few points on Tottenham, though? Please oh do. Oh, my God, that Langley is... <laughs> wow. He's, he's not good, is he? He is shocking, like, <laughs> like shocking. Like I was watching him going, like I know what Ollie Watkins does well there. Have you seen him? He literally just walks towards him. <laughs> I think Sunes picked up on it. I think it must have been Sunes, and he's went, look at him. He's just walking. I was like, what are you doing? Run! And then he realizes <laughs> that Ollie Watkins is going to get the ball and wait for him to get the ball and then runs. I was like, oh my god! He used to play for Barcelona. Um, Basuma were oh my lord Basuma was even worse I th- I, I, oh, I think they're in major major trouble of like fading fast I'm looking at the bench and the hell are they <laughs> Dyer Royal Sanchez Session on the good player I'll give him that why was that Gil playing because oh, Kul- Kulisevsky was injured apparently so yeah and Richardson's still injured isn't he but yeah. He took him off and put Session on. So why don't you just do that in the first place? <laughs> um, That's a bit odd, isn't it? Like Perisic is having to play within an inch of his life, having played like every every game possible in the World Cup, but he comes back and gets like three days rest and like, come on, it's Brentford away and then It <laughs> <laughs> was like um, there was at that long lay again, my man. He gets the ball and he I think like Son like shouts for the ball and he passes it to Son and it's a horrendous ball. Mm. kick off and Son completely miss kicks it and and puts it out and they're all going oh Son's had a bad game and I'm looking at it going that was a terrible ball <laughs> I mean so, don't get me wrong Son was shit and so was Kane but they need serious surgery at the back because they'll just keep on getting beat and don't get me started on Hugo I mean Jesus yeah, I mean, right. to, to be to be our fair to Hugo that he's, he actually didn't have a terrible World Cup not the worst, anyway. He played well against us, anyway. Mm. Uh, um, I mean, he should have saved Messi's pen. That was a disgrace, though. Um, no, it's just time and time again. They just they just don't want to replace him. And he needs to quit. I think they'll go for Pickford, personally. That's going to take a lot of money, though, isn't it? And I don't know Not how really. much... Well, really. that's, that's he's got 18 months left, hasn't he? Yeah, I suppose it depends what happens to yourselves, anyway, but... Um, 
Yeah, I think as ever, Tottenham seem to lurch from crisis to crisis. Um, every every five or six games, really. Um, and Conor doesn't help us, as you say. Like he he's standing there, like throwing petrol on every sort of fire going, just like I oh, well, <laughs> let let it burn. <laughs> do, do you think he just wants to? He, he doesn't want to resign because he loses his dog, so he's just well, going. Definitely, oh, just sack yeah. me. I'll go to you, mate. <laughs> well, it's inevitably where it'll go, isn't it? It just seems to be like a constant cycle for these Italian managers. It's like, try somewhere else, don't like it, go back to where I was before. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, they're not getting any better, are they? They're, uh, they're getting worse very, very quickly. I mean, they're fifth still, but I mean, guess they'll put win the game in hand, they'll be sixth. Um, they're still with a great chance of the top four, but... <sighs> well, you say that, like... If you look at what you know, what was that you just said? They've conceded two goals in the last seven Premier League games. Yeah, it's mad. Like, it's ridiculous. And I, I think I saw. I'm pretty sure I saw some something on Twitter uh, during the when they play with playing Brentford, and it was. I think the stat was that the last time they uh, so that was in this one Boxing Day. They said the last time Tottenham hadn't been behind at half time on like the 9th of October and they went behind 30 seconds into the second half in that game <laughs> Obviously they, were, they were drawing 0-0 today but 5 minutes into the second half they're behind again like so you say like they've still got decent chances for the top 4 which I'd say if you're looking just on paper at that table you'd say oh, of course yeah they're, they're well within the shot but what the last 8, 9 games now they've played they've fallen behind in all of them and like there's some there's something odd going on there, like the mentality. Because that that's not that's not an Antonio Conte trait. You would you no, think for teams no. to be so weak like that defensively. You know, Conte. You look at his managerial record over the um, in the last however many years. They've always been you know really tight, good defenses. Rigid, but, yeah. yeah, but it's it's just. I mean, admittedly, with the goalkeeper they've got and some of the defenders they've got. That is a little more difficult to achieve that Tottenham. I, I know, but he sets up with like three centre halves, two wing backs. Sorry, Perisic is quite attack minded, but still. Um, then Basuma and Hoiberg, like Garasaki, yeah. looks that way. Like, do you fancy a bit more attacking? Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just absolutely mental that they're still so bad defensively. Yet field six going on seven defenders. Really. Yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, even today, like the first half, we didn't really offer an awful lot, but no, we didn't really need to in that first half. It was just uh, trying to get a solid foundation to build on. Hmm. But the second half, once we got that first goal, I think Henry said in his uh, press conference afterwards that he, he could see the, the sort of the confidence and belief building the team that oh yeah, we we can go and win this and like win it comfortably. And we, we, you know, we could have, with, with a better final ball, we could have got a couple more goals in that game towards the end. You know, they they were they were getting opened up pretty easily, and like we've just like simple balls over the top. It wasn't we didn't need, it wasn't like when uh, so when we beat United in Emery's first game, and like it was lovely, really quick, clever football that was opening them up time and time again. Today it was just simple balls over the top and down the channel that they just couldn't deal with. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> pretty easy to get at, uh, at Tottenham at the minute. Um, I mean, Eric Dyer was, was left out of this one. 
um, after his heroics against Brentford, putting that ball for mm. a corner under no pressure. Um, it's, <laughs> it's fair to say Longley isn't the answer. Ben Davies yeah. is past being the answer, and Romero is a loose cannon. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> it. All, all three of their centre-backs were booked in the first half, yeah. which, I th- which I think was probably right. It was so easy for us to get in at them, behind them in the second half, because they, they couldn't make a challenge. Then they just had to let us run and let us go. And like that's that you can't be having all three centre backs on a yellow card at half time like that. Yeah. that's really bad. Yeah, that's um, fairly shambolic to say the least. <laughs> so, happy days for me though. Uh, happy days for Sai. <laughs> so a nice start of the year for Aston Villa. Uh, the last game of the day was Nottingham Forest won, Chelsea won, uh, Raheem Sterling opened the score and um, before the unlikely figure, Serge Aurier equalised for Nottingham Forest. Um, not a bad result, really, for Forest, um, whereas Chelsea's sort of indifferent form under Graham Potter goes on. Uh, Carl gives Sai a rest after that Aston Villa monologue. Um, <laughs> how did you say this one? Oh, um, dull first half. Um, uh, I meet Willy Bolly. Nice. Get involved, wasn't it? Get on, Willie. Yeah, good on, Willie. And Sterling as well just throws his foot out and smashes it in, fair enough. And I thought, oh, Chelsea will go on and wipe the floor with these. Fair play to Forrest. I thought that Forrest should have won. Personally. Um, Chelsea is shit. (laughs) Um, In no uncertain terms, that Cucurell is poor. Kula Barley can't run. Um, Mason Mount still thinks he's going to in guitar. It's, he can't but score. It's just, just very Potter-esque. Um, <laughs> they're just a team that without, they've got no identity anymore, have they? Like, which is bizarre, because like, Potter, Potter's whole thing is football identity, but they just don't have one. <laughs> they just they, they just chase shadows, and they quickly run out of ideas as well. All Forrest were doing, and Carragher brought her up as well, they were getting in the face, and Chelsea went, oh, well, dear, yeah, I'll take the ball. The only, every time Thiago Silva made the tackle, he was looking at him going, are you for real? It was like, he's 30, he's of age, and he's comfortably their best player. Comfortably. Mm. And th- that's not a slight on him. That's a slight on Chelsea, because the shite. <laughs> the money they've spent on all these players, and they're just garbage. Um, I, I thought Zia should have been playing. He looked quite lively when he came on. Uh, one of the highlights of the whole match, though, was when Mason Mount was going on and Forest fans were singing Zabi Reject at him. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure he's going to not sleep tonight. Um, but no, I thought Forrest played well. I thought Yates done well in the centre. Oria had a good game, shockingly enough. Um, Bolly actually had a good game. Um, well, Forrest will probably look at that and think we, we probably should have beat them. Aye, well, Nottingham Forest uh, set a record of their own this uh, December. Do you know what it was? It's six games undefeated at home. Uh, no, they had the world's largest secret centre. Every single player took part. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, that into that, <laughs> Uh, it's, good. it's good to be back. How long have you been sitting on that? To-do list, mate, for the show. They are the gift that keeps on giving. Um, yeah. But the, 
they um, they're still not very good, but it's a good point to get for them, and it takes another one point at West Ham, um, which I think is a thing at the start of the season, probably, probably maybe less so the way it's working out for West Ham, but still. <laughs> They keep themselves in it. And I think that's the interesting thing about the league this year is that there's no one who's been totally cut adrift yet. Um, so them trying, they've lost five in a row. Um, but it can all change, I'm sure. Um, coming up then, uh, we've got a full round of games, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week. Um, that... It's quite fun, I guess, for this time of year. You know, I mean, nice having Premier League back in general, but I would hate to be one of these countries where they don't play any league games around around the winter in general. I don't know. How they, I don't know how they pass the time. Any yeah. idea? Yeah. Mm. Uh, but they in in, uh, in Europe they all go off skiing, don't they? Uh, maybe it's, yeah. <coughs> maybe that's where we're going wrong. Um, yeah. Do you have anything to add before we move on to? Rounding up this week. No. Nah, nah. It's all no. good. Ah, well, it's uh, it's been it's been uh, nice to be back, and uh, thank you both for going through the weekend's games with me. Um, I don't know when Chris and the gang will be back. Normally, Ali does this bit. I mean, in theory, they'll be back on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but I imagine they're the type of people who have the weekend off. <laughs> well, it's it's FA Cup, isn't it? Weekend, yeah, weekend, so. yeah, but it's it's Chris's show, isn't it? So like he would be still promoting the bloody Canadian Premier League or something, so I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway Boxes. they'll be back at some point. We might be back next weekend. We say this every year. Oh, the FA Cup, the third round, we'll be we'll be here to review that, all the shocks and then when we're inevitably all dumped out by Saturday night we just give it a <laughs> give it a swerve. Um <laughs> if we beat United we've gotta do one. There you go. Are you at, are you at home? Are you, are you at home or at Old Trafford? Old Trafford. Ah, good night. So we'll, we'll, we'll be back in two weeks then. Yeah, I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll most likely be on paternity leave then, but uh, I'm sure Ali will be back from whatever it is he's doing to... Uh, who, who have Newcastle got in the third round? Uh, we've got Sheffield Wednesday away on BBC One, Saturday, 6pm. Big game. It's, it's nice to be on the... We're BBC, aren't we? Friday. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the BBC picks BBC all the best. United, isn't it? Picks all the best teams, of course. Um, Seriously. Mm. Um, aye, and then I'll be on paternity leave, so I'll see you uh, for the fourth round, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Carl. Where can people find you if they want to take umbrage with your opinions? Thank you very much, Dave. Yeah, I'm still at Dictionary Dean. Uh, Probably going through more articles this week and next week because Christmas and all like reading depressing stuff. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Uh, si, where can they find you? Uh, so yeah, on Twitter is at Sio Regan, and for any bit of fancy Holtcast podcast, it's a lot more cheerier these days than, than it's been for most of the season. And the website for that is seventy five hundred to Holt dot com. Great, and remember, it's seventy five hundred to Holt because. I've actually got no idea. I, I thought it was one thing, but it's, it's, it's oh. not that, so I'll, oh, I'll right. find that out. I will find that out for next time. I thought oh, it's, about... not, it's not the miles from Canada oh, I thought, to the park. I thought that's what it was. That's, that's what I thought it was, but, but I don't believe my that's dreams, right. Yeah. Yeah. God. I'll, I'll, I'll find out what, what, what the meaning behind that is for next time. Huh. 
All right, well, that's uh, kind of skewed my my outro from what am I? You can uh, you can find me on Twitter at cm nine seven nine eight. Also, you can see our YouTube channel cm nine seven nine eight plays, where all through January we are playing football games on the SNES. Um, mixed reviews is what I would say about that. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you both for your time this evening. Thank you. Good to be back. It yeah. certainly is. Um, you can follow the show on Twitter at man on the post. Um, of course subscribe to us on all your usual podcast things and you'll get the shows in your feed immediately um, but we'll be back at some point in the future um, until then always remember to keep your man on the post <laughs>